It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome in. Howdy. Special Forces Gang. Let's turn that down. Tom Hackett, Isaac Asiad. We've got a special guest today. Very special guest. Ice, do you want to introduce this special guest? Yeah, we have my daughter in the studio with us today, young Nora. Um, couldn't find a sitter. You couldn't find a sitter? No, nope, her mom is sick and I couldn't find a sitter. So I uh, figured I'd bring her in. Show her what her dad does once a week, you know, a very hardworking man, and uh, recording podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're on uh, we're on the IG right now. Tom's fumbling around with the phones. Um, so if you hear any, like, noise in the background, that's Dora. Yep. I apologize, and, but... Uh, it's not Isaac's gut rumbling. <laughs> uh, we've got a big show, though. It's a big show. Look, we, uh, we have... The Pac-12 Championship game. Talk about this music's still playing, by the way. Should we stop that? Yeah, there, there you go. go. Money. Um, Pac-12 Championship game following a resounding wing over the Colorado Buffaloes. And there's plenty to talk about, whether it be Colorado or uh, or Oregon. We'll get to both of them. Um, and, of course, hopefully, Isaac, your Twitter was full of uh, controversy. Yep. And we can talk about that, which is always a blast. Um, in fact, I thought I saw something not that long ago. We'll have to go back and check. So we have a ton to talk about. Uh, Britton Covey news following the press conference. Chris Peterson news up there in Washington Ooh. worth to talk about. And that is just mind-boggling to me. Uh, although to other people, it, it doesn't seem like it is. So they, they almost saw it coming, apparently, um, which is odd. But big, big show. We'll start with Colorado. Isaac, you talked to me uh, uh, before we got on air uh, and, and, and spoke about that first quarter. Oh, yeah, man. What happened? You were nervous? I was Why? definitely scared. I won't lie. Um, I was that guy on Saturday, furiated. Furiated. Infuriated? Is that the word? Very upset by the first quarter performance by Utah. Um, I, I I had a slight moment where I was like, okay, this is the Utah letdown um, of November, you know? You um, you really thought Utah was going to lose that game? I didn't think they were going to lose. I was just like, man, this would happen. You know what I mean? Like, bad first quarter. Then I didn't know how they were going to respond, and I'm glad that they responded the way that they did and shut me up, put me in my place. Right. And it was awesome. Yeah, hi, Nora. It Nora was, thinks it, so, too. It was awesome. Does Nora watch football games with you? Yeah, she watched. She was there running around, running amok, um, making a mess and watching the game. She thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, how, how old is Nora? Norse 20, 20 months, bro. She's almost two years old. Isaac, I don't, I don't understand why people say that. Months? Well, yeah. like, if you say one, then it's like she just turned one, but she turned one in March. You know? So. I know, but like I forget like how many months are in a year, let alone... 12 months. Thank you. So she's, uh, she's not quite two? 
Not yet. She'll be two in March. So she's coming close to those terrible twos, or at least that's so they Oh, say. it started, bro. It started, trust me. She's running around like a like a wild lady, you know, almost like, like Tarzan right now, swinging <laughs> on chairs, which is always fun. You know, the athleticism runs in the family, Angel and yourself, breeding a uh, an athlete to nobody's surprise. So you were nervous about the game. Here's, here's, I was on the sideline, by the way, absolutely freezing cold. Really? I'm glad I didn't. Go. I have never been that cold in Rice Eccles Stadium before. I don't know if I've ever been that cold in my life without wind. So there was no wind. Oh, it was just bitter air, huh? And it was frigid. By the time the game got done, it was 15 degrees. Oh, man. Yeah, 15 degrees, which is just mind-boggling. Uh, couldn't feel my toes. Uh, couldn't feel my fingers, but uh, I'm alive here and well. Uh, I will admit, after Colorado went down, scored on their opening drive, uh... Or maybe it was their second drive of the game. Silence uh, was throughout Rice Eccles Stadium. It was a very quiet stadium. The sideline, Utah sideline, very quiet as well, uh, which is always daunting. Um, and I was starting to think maybe circa 2011, you know, all over again. You were on the sideline for 2011, Isaac. Yeah, that was bad. We don't need to talk about it. No, it's okay. Yeah, but uh, but it wasn't the case. Utah ended up prevailing. Uh, rather easily in the end. Yeah. Uh, no real injuries came out of the game. Yeah. And the buffs were sent packing. Let me tell you, eyes. The line of scrimmage was getting chippy. Yeah. Could you I, tell? I could tell, but like, from from an offensive line standpoint, like watching our O line, I could see that they were, you know, it was kind of chippy with their D line, and and that number ninety nine was kind of extra on on Colorado's D line. But our defensive line and Colorado's offensive line were going at it. All game long, like I, it was. I, I was waiting for a fight. I mean, one almost broke out, like a legit one. Yeah, which I'm glad it didn't because we would have lost a lot of guys. Thank goodness that um, nobody was ejected. Nothing serious happened, but man, it was. It seemed pretty heated. It, it was, you know, it was. It was chippy. The defensive linemen were certainly getting after it, um, as they do every week, which was fun to watch. Kyle Winningham. After the game was uh, was pretty cool, calm, collected. You know what was fun? Here's a little insight for you, for you Utah football geeks out there, and BYU geeks out there. So, so normally when I conduct the post game interview with Carl Whittingham following the game, he goes and does his press conference, and then he comes to talk to myself, um, Bill Riley, Scott Mitchell on the radio side of things, and we get him one on one, which is awesome. Normally, like I'll ask the first question, then Bill and Scott take over and ask a couple of themselves. And as soon as I asked my question, Coach Whittingham grabs the microphone and kind of holds it himself. But he didn't do that against Colorado this week. He, 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 uh, he had me hold it, and the reason behind it was because he was paying attention to the ESPN app on his phone following the BYU-San Diego State game. So he's, he keeps quite close attention to what, what happens down there in Provo. I thought that was, that was kind of cool. Obviously, Kalani and him, close friends... And, um, and again, another great example of that was shown following the Colorado beatdown. Um, and I don't know, yeah, I don't know why, but fascinating. By the way, I, I think an article's coming out while we're talking about other coaches around in the state. I wrote an article, Isaac, I'd love to hear your response to it because I haven't told you about it, nor have you read it. But, uh, the UNLV job is open. Interesting. And, and I think the number one candidate should be Jay Hill. Oh, yeah, I can definitely see that. Can you see that? Yeah. So there are a couple reasons as to why. He's recruited Vegas his entire 
coaching career. He knows the streets. He knows the coaches very, very well. Probably doesn't know the strip all that well. <laughs> you know, he's a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I hope I said that correctly. Good job. And uh, speaking of which, I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, I think he'd be a great candidate. I think he'd be perfect for it. I, I think he's due to, to go up, kind of get a promotion yeah, in like a sense. Yeah, like you an FBS I mean? team. Yeah. He's I, at the FCS level right now. Yeah, and he's killed it. I he has. I, he, I think he should go... Get to you get that job at UNLV and you know, kind of continue to build his resume. I think he's a great coach. I I do too. I think he's tremendous. Um, and he's he's transformed the Weber State program. Um, and that's kind of what UNLV are looking for right now. They're looking for somebody to come in and and replicate what I, he's been able to do at Weber. I wonder if he'd actually go though. That's the hard thing. So I texted him this morning because you know it's always daunting. Right, you write these articles on on friends. And and you're like, man, I haven't told him about this. I don't even know if he wants to go. So I sent him a text like, yo, coach, uh, writing an article right now on, on you, how why you should be hired from UNLV. Just a heads up. You know, don't want a yeah. third party to kind of approach you about it. And, and, and that'd be the first time you hear about it, right? So uh, I don't think he's gotten back to me yet. Although I don't know where my phone is. Nora probably has it. Oh, yeah, my phone's right there. Good. Um, <laughs> so anyway, we'll see. We'll see if he responds. Hey, I uh, I went to church this Sunday. With who? KB. The and Miss, her family? Her family. Wow. How was it? Yeah, it, You know, it was interesting. Was it? Was that your first time going? No. I've been to church a few times. I go to sacrament meeting occasionally. Wow. Look at I'm it. so excited. See, the Keep reason going, I bro. tell people this is because of their facial expression. It just cracks me. Oh, makes, up. I'm so happy right now. So my brother-in-law was blessing his babies. Okay, that's why you went. Yeah. So we'll we won't go if we don't have to. But if there's a family gathering or some something's happening, right? There's an event. We'll we'll attend and and cheer them cheer them on, support them um, the best way we can. But uh, it's so funny. And and this isn't the platform to talk about it, or at least to go into. Uh, a deep dive into it, but every time I've been to church, and I've probably been seven times now. You know, probably I average once a year. You know, normally there's something happening like that that we have to go and support somebody at, and and I I go there open minded, right? Because because all I care about Isaac when it comes to religion and all that good stuff, politics is I just want people to be happy. Yeah, I don't care as long as you're not killing anybody or doing something illegal, right? Just be happy and live your life how you want to live your life, and you know we'll we'll just go about it then because I think we need to be more people in this world need to be happy. There are too many people that are sad, so um, I go in there with an open mind and I'm like, you know, this these guys think differently than I do. They believe in different things than I do, and I love them for it, and hopefully they appreciate me for it as well. Uh, but I leave with just so many questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so many. Like, my mind almost can't handle, like, half the things that are said. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not in a bad way. It's just I've never thought about certain things. Did you stay things. the whole time? Or we, did you leave after the blessing? No, no, no. We So normally we'll kind of bounce after the blessing, which I, which I don't feel great about because <laughs> I feel, like, rude doing it. Every, everybody kind of stares at you like... Oh, you know, clearly just came for the blessing. And I'm like, yeah, but I still love you. And uh, even though I don't know you. But um, we stayed until about five minutes left in sacrament meeting. So everybody, so the bishop got up and uh, 
Wait, was this was this 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 past Sunday? Yeah. So it was testimony meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, That's yeah, what okay. I was going to say. Okay. They 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 invited people up to to. And you should have went, man. Mind blown, man. I want. I really wanted to. That would have been great. No, I would have felt. Well, I I really wanted to, but I I felt no, as though offensive. There you go. Yeah, I didn't want to offend anybody, but a part of me was just like, I want to get up there and try not to offend anyone, but uh, but kind of speak about anyway. Not the platform, Tom. Uh, Nora, how you doing? Good. She's over here drawing. Yeah. Poking holes in papers and cool. Uh, eating applesauce. Yeah, she's about to put a pen in the in the mouthpiece of the applesauce, which is good. Yeah, don't do that. Um, we hope your wife uh, is is feeling better back nice. home, Angel, who I'm sure will not listen to this. But regardless, hey, she might by the way, uh, before we get into this uh, Britain Covey conversation that's worth talking about, uh, we're we're on in- I Instagram Live right now. Uh, you can find me at Tom. Can't hack it, Isaac. You can find yourself at Asiata five four. Spell out the five number four. There you go. So uh, we're going to try to do more of these things. And uh, boy, you're, look, you've got a lot more followers than I do. I've been a rookie on on Instagram. I actually was private for a long time uh, because I'm scared of of people. <laughs> um, but I just recently went. You know what? If I'm doing this whole media thing, then. Then I better start build, trying to build something. I went public, so uh, so you've got a lot more comments coming through after the Britain Covey conversation. We'll we'll go. We'll turn it over to to some questions. If people on there that are watching us right now have any, uh, really with anything, life, football, you name it, we'll answer it. Um, but we'll try to do some more social media stuff in the future. Britain Covey was announced to uh, to be redshirting this season, Isaac. Yeah. Um, I guess your your immediate thoughts. I imagine you weren't all that surprised. No, I, I mean, what I think it's the best case scenario for him. Uh, I don't think there's any reason for him to to waste this year. You know, I, I feel like he if he was to take the remainder of this year, you know, and and spring ball and everything just to get ready for next season, I think he can he can do well. I mean, I know that he's dealt with some um, injuries and. Um, He's been through a lot in his career, and he only has so many hits, man. He's a tiny fella, you know? Um, yeah, his fiance is taller than him. Yeah. Congrats, by the way. Yeah, fair, yeah proud of you. Um, you're batting well above your average. Yep. Um, she's way too good for you. Yep. Um, but I'm I'm happy you were able to put a ring on it. Yeah. Uh, because but, if you weren't a football player, you probably couldn't get a good, that yeah, good of a catch. True. Yeah, But Anyway, sorry. No, you're good. I, I, I think it'll, be, it'll pay, uh, pay off next year. Uh, next season when he comes back. I, I do too. Um, and he's on the scout team right now. Cam Rising, the expected starter at quarterback, also on the scout team. They're creating this chemistry already um, to hopefully develop as, this, as, as the offseason continues into 2020. Hey, um, Bradley and I did the Hucker. Dude, that was the... I the first time I watched it, bro, I watched it and I got kind of emotional. I thought it was so, so sick. So it was a fellow Polynesian eyes, right? I, I thought of you. Sweet. And I'm like, why on earth didn't Isaac do this? Because I don't have crazy family like he he did that came. <laughs> Your got, family's too mellow? I got, yeah, my family's too mellow. I got three brothers, two sisters, um, and then my cousins, not not very many of them around. So, The haka, for those that you don't know, is a, a tribal dance, right? Yeah. The, it's the a, pol- yeah go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go. No, it, it's a... It's a traditional dance. There's different kinds. The most famous one is done by the All Blacks. Um, New Zealand rugby. New Zealand team. All Blacks. Uh, that's the most famous one. Yeah, we don't like the All Blacks, Honora. Huh, um, yeah. And then uh, every every uh, 
I guess, culture has one. Yeah. So Samoa has one, Tonga has <laughs> one, Fiji, Fiji has one. Um, New Zealand, and, and, it, and it's it's one. it's a traditional war dance, you know, and um, it's it's done for for respect reasons. It's done um, in sporting events, as you see the All Blacks do it all the time, and a lot of other programs try to do it, and it's embarrassing. But um, in the in the case with Bradley and I and his family, and they did that, it was a respect thing that they were doing for him, and I loved it, man. I thought it was awesome. Um, I won't lie. Like I said, I got emotional the first time I saw it, and uh, uh, th- that was awesome. No, it was uh, it was pretty cool. Um, I'm trying to give Nora a high five right now. She's just holding my hand, which is nice, but she's she's calmed down. I there you go. Just the baby whisperer over here. Um, I don't know why. Yeah, I think it was. I thought I thought it was awesome to see. Uh, intimidating. Uh, the problem I have with senior night is so much attention goes on. The seniors that I feel as though other players on the football team, including the seniors, kind of get distracted from the task at hand. And that was part of the reason, in my opinion, anyway, Utah got off to such a slow start. Yeah. I, f- I feel like a lot of nerves from senior day. Yeah. It's, it's a, a big pressure game. Not like every other week hasn't been, but um, it's kind of lack. Not not lax, but like it being senior day makes it, you know, not. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, it's an emotional experience and it's oh, emotional yeah. time for those guys and the rest of the team, the coaching staff, you name it. They're all thinking about it. Hey, before we go to our first timeout, one and only timeout at that. Is Utah football a top four? Is Utah football a top four team in the country right now? Yes. I I think I think right now b- being fifth is perfect for them. Uh, I think after they beat Oregon, there's no, no doubt they're a top four team. We will talk more about that Oregon matchup. Look, Nora, you're right there. See, she's staring at herself. She's loving what's going on. And my phone's ringing, and now uh, my, I think the live probably just stopped working. Hey, check us out on Instagram at Asiata5, and then the number 4, or myself at Tom Can't Hack It. We're live right now, and uh, we'll be throughout the remainder of the season. We're, 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 we're running out of games, so we better talk about this Pac-12 championship game, what it means for the for the program, um, what we think will happen, and what the rankings will do over once this weekend is en- is ending, because this is it, right? Big, yep. big, big game for Utah football, the biggest in program history. We'll discuss after this short message. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. SFG, Special Forces Gang. And I listen to this song, I just want to rap, you know? Please don't. I really am contemplating it. I'm Tom Hackett. That's Isaac Asiata. We've got little Nora here. Isaac's first and only daughter. Very cute. She's entering her terrible twos. So if you hear noise in the background, it's not Isaac's gut rumbling. It's <laughs> probably the crackers that are inside of Nora's mouth as she chews away. Um, we got a fun second segment for you. We, uh, we're going to talk about, obviously, the Pac-12 Championship game, go in-depth on it, 
what we think what we think about Justin Herbert, the Oregon Duck football team. The line had opened up at uh, four, four points quickly. I'm talking quickly jumped to six and a half. Um, and so people are back in the Utes. They like them. Oregon last couple of weeks have looked shaky. Just haven't looked that good. I wonder if they got a a case of the. Well, how do I say this? The Novembers. Yeah, that's a perfect way to say it. I'm I'm curious. I feel like they were on such a high rise, and then you know they dropped ASU, and then they looked okay, I guess, against Oregon. State. Yeah, they they didn't look nearly as good as they did earlier in the season, which is strange. But you know, for a lot of fans out there. We uh, so that's uh, that's actually Isaac and not Nora, believe it or not. Sorry about that. No, that you're good. An you're good. I think a couple episodes ago, I blasted some music over here and it failed miserably. So it's like it's not the greatest produced podcast, but it's out there. Okay. Yeah, we're doing well. You know, you don't know what you're going to expect. We have listeners. People listen. People Thank listen. You. We appreciate you. We 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 apologize for putting you through the he double hockey sticks that we do. But regardless, yeah. Um, where was I? I can't remember what I was talking about. Oregon. We're talking the Ducks, and uh, what a massive game. Biggest game in, in program history. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, it's not even close. No. Because I mean, last year, right, that was the biggest game in program history up until that point in time. But you knew as a Utah fan, and maybe this is easier to say in hindsight, but you, you knew the odds of winning were, were stacked against you. Too many injuries to overcome. There was no Tyler Huntley. There was no Zach Moss on offense. And Utah, Utah really struggled moving the football. Washington were an elite team with a lot of seniors. And, um, and, and Utah had a hard time moving the change and had a hard time scoring. They didn't score a touchdown. Only touchdown of the game came defensively. Yeah. Believe it on, or not. On a pick six, that was just – if you were to sum up the game and, and how it went, that pick six was the perfect way to do it. Mind blown. I, I, had, perfect, I had a perfect angle on the pass. Shelley threw to COC Mariner, right? Perfect ball. You could not throw that ball any better. Right, only where seemingly the receiver could catch it, until it bounced off the the kneecap of Coc into the hands of the DB, and uh, and back it was run. By the way, Coc Mariner, interesting, love him. Think he's a think he's a great guy. Although I do question occasionally his social media game. He retweeted recently a tweet from like 2016, and all the tweet said was a, it was a hashtag, and it was hashtag uh, Coc for Heisman or something. What? And I'm thinking, like, um, hey, Siosi, with, without, like, trying to offend you, um, you're not even, like, a top – you're not even, like, a draft pick. Yeah. You know what I mean? They like, might, maybe you are, but you're not being – There's some offensive linemen who are considered for the Heisman before you, brother. Yeah, yeah. Sorry and I would say that. punters, but but there's probably not, um, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I love them to death, man, but th- those things, are, I'm just – you got. I guess you got to feed your ego somehow. Right. Uh, speaking of Twitter, you got any beef? No, no beef. Surprisingly, um, not much beef. No. The the only beef I oh I guess Isaac's Twitter wars can start. Uh, USC fans. What happened? Coming at me. What they were? I, I saw uh, Eric Weddle. Yeah. Uh, Utah's um, very own was getting into it with uh, the Barstool account for USC uh, over Puka Nakua. On, on if he would transfer from Washington, if he would re- rather go to USC or, or Utah. Right. And they got in a debate about how um, USC's Barstool was claiming that um, it's basically USC's world and Utah's just living in it. Mm. And uh, how they've owned the South um, 
since since joining the Pac-12, uh, us joining the Pac-12, which is false, very false. They've won once in eight years, eight nine years, mm-hmm. and the rivalry between Utah and USC has gotten to a point where Utah win in Rice Eccles and and USC will win in the yeah. Coliseum, but nobody can beat each other when they're on the road. Yep, and you know SC SC fan said something basically along the lines of you know USC of old. And, and any program, so to speak, it doesn't matter how that was. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't yeah. matter the championships you won back in the day, uh, the amazing players, the great program that you were 10, 15 years ago. That doesn't change the fact that your team is 8-4. and four. I mean, Utah had some great teams in, back in the day as well, and, you know, that 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 has nothing to do with the fact that they're eleven and one right now, and and some serious USC fan hate came towards me, um, you know, and and I just hit on that fact again that you know USC I I I've only lost to SC once. Uh, that is quite a remarkable number. Yeah, only yeah. lost to him once. That's and, awesome. And it was at the Coliseum, obviously, but you know, still won. I won, um then lost. I'm really not a big fan of of the USC Barstool. Twitter account, they they have, you know, USC basketball, then in brackets they go fire Clay Hilton or something. And to me that just makes me really frustrated because I know I know Clay personally. I, I've actually sat in a meeting with Clay Hilton. Now this came after my collegiate career was done. Um and I and I spent and we we were talking special teams together, um with my coach back home from Australia as well as their special teams coach John Baxter, who happens to be the brother in law of Ron McBride and um and Clay is honestly one of the more personal humans coaches he's he cares for his players he he means and he respects his players i mean he he just is the definition of a lovable human and his and his players i i know for a fact his players appreciate him and respect him um tremendously so um, I, I can't stand I, – I, look, I just can't stand people wanting other people's jobs gone in the first place. Yeah. You know, I just hate that. Yeah. Because imagine if you were in the in Clay Hilton's shoes. I mean, sure, he's made a lot of money and financially it's not really that big of a burden on him. If he does lose his job, he gets paid out for probably a couple of years, but he still loves what he does. He does what he does because he loves what he does. Yeah. And for somebody to lose their job and for some nobody's nobody's going to McDonald's right now and and calling for your job. Yeah, going through the drive-through, sending out tweets. I got fire this guy. I got two beefs with like sports fans since working, kind of being in, involved in the market. That's one of them. Um, how how people call for other people's heads in the sports world. Um, the second one is I th- I don't think I don't think sports brings out the best in most fans. I think you know you go to a football game. People are screaming and shouting and wanting other people to be pulled from the game because they don't think they're playing as well. Yep. Um, and so, and so it's an interesting conversation. But, but I hope Clay Helton sticks around for his sake. Uh, but only time will tell. Chris Peterson, by the way, stepped down from Washington head, as a, as the Washington head coach, which is really odd. Um, He's one of the better coaches in the entire country, not just the Pac-12. Do you, but do you think something happened other than the fact that they've kind of had a down year? I I thought something happened immediately. Now, the reports that started surfacing from Seattle were, were that he was just burnt out. Really? And that doesn't surprise me because in the past he's been open about how the game of college football has evolved and the workload 
from a head coach's standpoint, has drastically gotten a lot worse. You know, with like the early signing period, he's now he's now having to recruit sixteen year old kids, yeah. which you never really had to do. Um, just a couple of years ago, people weren't recruiting sixteen year olds, but you are now. And he said, just the burden of that and the pressure of that is is extreme. He's fifty five years of age, yeah. So he's no spring chicken, right? He's getting towards the latter ends of his career, and. Like I said, these guys are fortunate that, that money isn't an issue. They get paid bucket loads. And so if, they, if if you fall out of love with what you're doing at 55, 35, 30, you know, and you've been in the business for a couple of years, even as an assistant coach, they make so much money that they can survive without pay for yeah. a long, yeah, long I mean, time. Like a quarter mil. Right. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Yeah. And, and I brought this point up about Chris Peterson on uh, Twitter, but the impact that it'll have um, on the the last two years, the kids that he brought in those last two recruiting classes and this upcoming recruiting class uh, with him leaving and Puka Nakua being one of the biggest. I feel uh, bad for somebody like Puka. Yeah. Personally. Because he, I mean, I know that he's come out and said that it was Peterson, the OC and the wide receiver coach loved him. I'm sure there's a lot more to it than that. But with them gone, like if, could you imagine if you, we're at Utah one year, and then Coach Witt left, and then or even just this year, Coach Witt left, Ludwig left, and your position coach left. How would you want to? How could you stay there? Like you know that when somebody comes in, everything's going to change, and that's that's hard. Like you, it, and it's kind of the same thing when in the NFL when we had a coaching change in Miami, um, a new head coach comes in, and he doesn't know who you are, doesn't really care. You know, he has his guys, he has his way about doing things, um, and, and it shakes the whole the whole tree of, of what the program is, what what um, the coach's expectations are, good and bad. And and as a player, um, that that without a doubt has have to have it has to have a serious impact on the on the kids who are there now, um, and the and those who are uh, committed. Yeah, I yeah, I have no doubt. I feel sorry for those that have. Only been in the program a year or two, like Puka, for example. He's he's not anywhere near close to graduating, so he can't transfer willy nilly and immediately play. If he if he were to transfer, let's just assume for argument's sake, I have no insight on this. Let's just assume he um, he wants to come back to the great state of Utah, play for play for the University of Utah. He would have to sit out a year, yeah. which is. Um, which is which is what he doesn't want to do. He, he he's good enough to play. He plays as a true freshman for crying out loud, yep. um, and he wants to play because you know he wants to make it come Sundays and 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 earn as much money as he can during the limited time that he has in his lifetime to to do and play this great game that we call football. So I feel for him. I feel for Coach Peterson. It's obviously a hard decision because because Coach Peterson's a smart man, right? It, it, he knows that it, it, that his decision is going to impact. A number of people, um, including a bunch of the players and, and coaching staff. So uh, we wish him like we wish him all the best. Yeah. And and I actually appreciate him for it because, uh, like I said earlier, if you fall out of love with whatever you're doing, whether you're a rubbish truck driver or a head football coach, if you fall out of love with it, you're best off moving on and giving somebody else the opportunity to take over that role, uh, knowing that they're that they're passionate uh, about it, um, and they'll take that program, Washington. Uh, hopefully to uh, to new heights, but I guess only time will tell. See how Jimmy Lake does. He was the defensive coordinator prior to being uh, announced as the uh, the head coach. Uh, Chris Peterson will will coach in whatever bowl game they go to. 
Um, the end of the season, seven and five. Quite strange. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we should we should start talking about the Pac-12 championship game. Yeah, let's talk about that. I'm sure everybody is listening is like, fast forward. Yeah. Fast forward. <laughs> Probably haven't listened to half the spiel we've done. Um, your immediate thoughts? This is huge, man. I mean, I, I think it'll be a good test for Utah. And obviously, Oregon has some ballers, man. Their offensive line, that left tackle, uh, Pene Soweli. Sewell. Sewell. Isaac, you're a Polynesian. Man. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't care. Things. I don't care. He doesn't play for Utah. Um, that'll be a good test for Bradley and I, for Lecky and, and John. And, and the, the, the good thing is it's not like we have maybe one or two good defensive linemen. We ha- The entire defensive line and their backup is great. And offensive off- Oregon's offensive line is really, really good. It's arguably the best in the country. Yes. Just, just- I, I think uh, Penne is the best offensive tackle in the in in the country right now and he's only a sophomore yeah he is a young fella he cannot declare for the nfl drafts following this year he has to play another season believe yeah. it or not but if he were to uh if he was allowed to go play on sundays following this season he would be a from what i've heard anyway oh, yeah. a top five easy pick. easy he's that talented yeah. um i think that um utah is gonna do do really well um nora agrees with me as well but It'll be a good game. Like I don't think Utah's going to completely roll Oregon just because you know it's a high stakes game, um, and they match up really well. Oregon has—they're not some crappy team. I mean, they're they're going through something obviously because they lost to Arizona State a couple weeks ago, and um, they looked okay versus Oregon State. Oregon State's a, ended up being a really good team, a decent team. Um, but I'm excited, dude. I wish I could go watch. Um, but I'm excited to see how it, how it all goes down. I am as well, and, and you hit the nail on the head, Eyes. I think the most mouthwatering matchup of the season comes when Utah's defensive line goes up against Oregon's offensive line. That is, uh, that's going to be one for the ages. And what makes it better, uh, I think, and you're the one to answer this. But the weather forecast right now is torrential downpour. Ooh, like it's meant to be rainy. That's perfect if they can't throw the ball because they're not going to run the ball. I know that. Even with that, so you, so with that offensive I, line, I, I, so here's here's my thing. I think their offensive line is really good in pass blocking and run blocking. But if all they can do is run block, I mean, is is run the ball. If they can't pass the ball at all, and they have to run. Utah's not the number one run defense in the nation for no reason. They're very talented. Very. And, uh, Nora's having a hissy fit here, but that's all right. She's she's throwing chips around the studio, which is good. Good thing we have plenty of vacuums here at uh, KSL, and, and we'll have no issues fixing that for you, Nora. Um, I, I think the the winner of the line of scrimmage is 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 going to win this game. It's a, it's a cop out because it happens all the time, and people are always talking about the line of scrimmage and how important it is. You know, you played on it, um, but but I have no I have no doubt in my mind that. The winner of the line of scrimmage come Friday evening will be. By the way, if if you look at the the forecast right now for Santa Clara, um, the next four of the next five days it's meant to be raining, um, and on Friday the weather's not going to be it's not going to be cold by any stretch of the imagination, especially what Utahns are used to at the minute. High of sixty two, low of fifty five. High of sixty two, low of fifty five. One of the reasons I think it favors Utah. As opposed to Oregon is because of Zach Moss, and I just think his ability to run the football. Uh, when you compare the running backs 
to one another. Sure, Oregon has talent, but Zach Moss is a powerhouse. He is, uh, he is the best running back, in my opinion, in the Pac-12. Better than Eno Benjamin. And, and I think Utah has the advantage that way. It'll be interesting to see who can throw the football, if you can even throw the football, come 7 o'clock mountain time. 6 o'clock Pacific is when it is scheduled to kick. Eyes, it's been a pleasure. Nora? Nora? Thank you for coming. She just shook the mic. Yeah. Good enough. Yeah. We appreciate you guys. uh, Again, check us out on social media, both our social media. Instagram and Twitter pages are the same, at Asiata5, and then the number four. Or you can find myself at Tom. Can't hack it, but shout out to our sponsors. We love them. Nateway Subaru, 2107 South Main Street, Salt Lake City. Great Life Utah, greatlifeutah.com for more information. Boy, we'll be back next week, win or lose. Let me tell you, win or lose, we'll be recording next week. Here's hoping Utah wins and potentially debuts in the college football playoff. Isaac, do you think it's a real chance? I think it is a real chance. Really? Yeah. Do you think there's a chance Oklahoma jumps Utah? I, I don't see it, man. That might be something we talk about next week, though. Isaac, like three weeks ago, you said there's no chance. I know I did, but... You're backtracking. I think I think people are starting to recognize who the youths are. You Finally. Did, you doubted the national media. The oh, national no doubt. Media. I still kind of do, but... I think now they they can't like Utah's done so good. There, there's no denying them. You can't like if you if there was if they were to not put Utah in there and they win this week, there'd be an uproar. There would be some question marks on the college football. Oh, they, they, they should just burn that place down. Oh know, yeah, if they don't. Can you imagine Utah fans? I don't mean to end the podcast in like a sour sour mood or anything, but like you go undefeated in 04, you go undefeated in in 08. And you, you you know you get patted on the head for nice job, but we're not going to really give you too much love. And then you go into the Pac-12, you think maybe times have changed, right? Maybe now that if we have a good season, they'll actually respect us. And oh, you lose you lose one game, and we'll pat you on the head again and say nice job. You a hat trick of disgrace. Have fun in disrespect. Uh, have fun in the Alamo Bowl. Yeah, that's not happening. It'll be the Rose Bowl. That's what's nice again about this Pac-12 championship game. Let's let's say Utah wins. Um, it's college football playoff or. If the unthinkable happens and, and Oklahoma jumps Utah or Georgia beats LSU, then Utah's in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. I mean, it's not the same. I get it, but... It's the Rose Bowl, baby. It's still a Rose Bowl. I always said as a player, if we made it to the Rose Bowl, I'd get a, uh, a rose tattoo. Never made it yep. to the Rose Bowl. Had, had two times where we could have, and we didn't. So. Yeah. Yeah, we never made it to the Rose Bowl lives, but I still got a rose tattoo anyway. E. Nah, teasing, I didn't. Uh, Goodbye. We appreciate you much. Later. Adios.